of prayer, hey? Ah, let's bow our hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be fed by the Word of God. We thank you for the opportunity to be together in this place, freely able to open our Bibles and study and dig into what it is that you have for us. Lord, I pray your anointing upon me that I would speak your words and your anointing on the ears to hear what you want to say to their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right, well, my title today is something that some of you may relate to, maybe the more verbal ones in the room, and uh, maybe some of you won't relate to as much, but I think by the end of the morning, you will. My title is, We Cannot Stop Telling. Has anyone ever been told something in confidence, had a secret told to them before? Put your hand up if someone has confided in you at some point and told you a secret. That's pretty much most of the room. How did you go with keeping the secret? Good? Who, Who didn't tell but really wanted to? Well, I'm going to talk to you this morning about something that we cannot stop telling. We've actually, we've got to. This is so important. We've got to tell this. But before I get to that, I want to start with an account in the book of Acts, chapter 3 and 4. And there's nothing quite like seeing things. So um, I've actually got a a little video clip for Acts chapter 3, which is Peter and John were in a routine of going to the temple to pray. And so today was like yesterday and the day before they were going to pray. And uh, But God had something extra on this day for them as they're coming to pray. So if... um, Does the clicker work or are they just going to do it? So Mel, can you put that video on for me? Thank you. I'm going to sit and watch it. Anything to give? Alms? Look on us.
Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. amazing was that? This crippled man had been just outside the temple his whole life and never been able to enter in. Can you imagine that moment when he finally enters the presence of God? (sighs) Why? Because two men stopped to speak the name of Jesus. They stopped to share what they had. We may not have silver and gold, but such as we have. We need to give. This lame man, crippled from birth, he thought it was an ordinary day. The oldest dad joke in the book, he asked for arms and got legs. How cool was that, hey? So good. Wow. He thought he needed money, arms. But God knew what he really needed was to be made whole. Sometimes we can look superficially at the things in the world and think, okay, you need this or you need that. But when we really get down to the basics, what they really need is Jesus. We need Jesus. He's our answer for everything. We used to sing a song when I was a teenager, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Does anyone know that song? Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Well, I used to sing that very passionately. And then I used to think, what's the question? Because we're saying Jesus is the answer, but what's the question? Well, that's the thing. For everyone, the question is different. 
Why did my mum do this? Why did God allow my dad to do that? Why did this happen to me? Why didn't I get that? Why was I born here? The question is different for everyone, but the answer is the same. Jesus. Only he can heal, restore, cleanse, change, forgive, renew. Jesus. Well, the story goes on that Peter and John join the lame man, enter into the temple, and everybody's gathering around. Everybody wants to know what just happened. Because that guy looks like the man who was down at the gate, but he's walking. Hey, uh, Thomas, go and, go and look down the beautiful gate there. Is that lame man still there? No, his mat's there, but I can't see him anywhere. Okay, maybe that is him. Whoa, what happened? Everybody's gathered around. What happened? So Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, begins to say, Hey, man of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified and sorry, who you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And it goes on, and they begin to glorify God. Peter preaches up a storm. He tells them, repent, be converted that your sins may be blotted out and times of refreshing may come from the Father. He continually pointed them to this Jesus. He lists all the different times throughout the Bible. Every prophet in the Old Testament pointed to this man, Jesus Christ. He is the one. He can't just make a lame man walk. He can make a, a sinner clean. He can do the impossible, as we've already heard today. Wow. So there's this massive gathering. More and more people are coming around, and the Pharisees begin to get jealous and begin to get word of the fact that these people are listening to some men out the front rather than coming in and hearing our wisdom. So... They want an explanation, please. So um, if you can turn to Acts chapter 4, we're going to read the story together and pick it up from here. Acts chapter 4, and I'm going to start in verse 1. So Peter's in the middle of preaching. These people are listening, and we pick it up here. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them. Don't you like that? It sounds so proper. <laughs> I think what if we were to describe it, we'd say they grabbed them 
and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. Wow! And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Aeneas the high priest, um, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. Well, this went all the way to the top. This miracle was being talked about in the highest levels in amongst the, the uh, Jewish circles. Now, verse 7, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power... Or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he's been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him... This man stands before you whole. This is the stone which the builders rejected and has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other name. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Wow. Now those leaders had an opportunity right there to bow before the name of Jesus. They had an opportunity to be made whole. The problem was they didn't realize they were broken. Verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Wouldn't that be something if people looked at your life and they went, I know you. This isn't you. This has got to be God. Got to be Jesus in you. That's what they recognized. Verse 14, and seeing the man who'd been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, okay, what shall we do with these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. We can't deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. Notice they can't even say it. So they called them back in. <clears throat> And they commanded them, you are not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, well, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. But we cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. In the Amplified, it says, we cannot stop telling. I'm sorry, man. But when I see someone, it just comes out. I can't help it. 
actually, did I tell you about Jesus? Oh, stop. No, no, you see, something has happened to us. We are transformed men and we cannot stop telling I know you want us, you're forbidding us to preach the name of Jesus, but, but, but we can't. It's impossible. I can't help it. Verse 21 says, So when they had threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Wow. We cannot stop telling what we have seen and heard. This should be our story. I want us to turn to Luke chapter 13, please. This passage has a twofold effect on me. Luke 13, and I'm going to read from verse 23 to 27. It's a parable that Jesus is telling. It's titled this, The Narrow Way. Uh, Actually, I'm going to pick it up in verse 22. And he, Jesus, went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open, open for us. He will answer and say to you, I do not know you, where you are from. Then they will begin to say, well, we ate and drank in your presence. You taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you, where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And it goes on. Enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter it and not be able. Those Pharisees had the opportunity to enter in, but they didn't. It says there comes a point when the master of the house will shut the door. And when the door is shut, it's too late. About two weeks ago now, um, I was praying and just talking to God in the shower, which is what I do. And um, I suddenly thought about this young man that um, he and I used to be really great mates when I was in my early 20s. He's five years younger than me, but we just really hit it off. He was just a good friend. And um, we used to go to youth and hang out and... Anyway, I hadn't thought about him in years. He'd moved away, I moved away, and I haven't seen each other for probably 20-plus years. And just all of a sudden, I thought of him, and I went, I wonder how he's going. I know he's married and got some kids. Well, the thought wouldn't leave me. It was like, reach out to him. 
like, well, where do I? Oh, I guess I can try this whole Facebook thing and try and reach out. I'm not, like, very capable on Facebook. But um, eventually I found him, enlarged the photo, and, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's him. Looks a little different now, 20 years older, but... So I sent him a message and just went, hey, I just randomly thought of you after all these years and just want to know, how are you? How is your family? How are your wife and kids going? And I began to pray for him. I didn't hear anything back. But about four or five days later, um, my sister said to me, Nate, you remember um, Josh? I said, yeah, I was just thinking about him the other day. She said, well, I just got word that he was killed in a car accident last week. And I went, oh. He was only 37. So young. Here's my point. When God puts something in your heart, please don't wait. Because you just don't know. We're actually not guaranteed our next breath. Even though we feel invincible, we need to be right with God today. And here this parable is talking about when the door is shut and that makes me want to get on my knees and pray for the lost. Can I encourage you today, those of you in this room who have Jesus, be like Peter and John and give what you have to the needy around you, to the lost, to the perishing. Peter could have said, well, look, we're on our way to a prayer meeting. I'm so sorry. We haven't got time for a lame man. But he didn't. He felt that nudging in his heart. John with him and he, and he went and he began to minister in the name of Jesus and brought life. The Lord wants us to have a sense of urgency because the hour is late. It's so late. Do you know Jesus is coming soon? I believe it with all of my heart because the scriptures told me all the signs to look for and every single one of them has happened. He's coming soon which means that the door is going to be shut soon, which means we must be about our Father's business. Wow. Jesus is the answer, and we have the most amazing gift to offer. I, um, I want to show a song, and... Uh, it's called Go Ask, and, and it's for all of us to encourage us to not stop telling what Jesus has done. If I was to ask you and went around individually in this room, what's Jesus done for you? I want you to think about it. What would you say? What would you say? Have you heard what he's done for others, or can you stand as a witness and say, well, this is what he's done for me. Let's play this song. Thank you, Mel. Don't ask me to explain. 
explain for you how one could start again, how hardened hearts could soften like a child. Don't ask me how to reason out the mysteries of life, or how to face its problems with a smile. Were destroyed. Go ask the child who's walking now, who once was crippled, then somehow her useless legs were made to jump for joy. Go ask the one whose burned now mine has been restored. I think you'll find the questions not important as before. Don't ask me if it's good or bad. I only know the guilt I had is gone, and I can't tell you. How to prove to you why I know God is there, or how I know that He would care for you? Don't ask me why someone so great would choose to walk with me and trade my broken life for one. Go ask the child who's got a debt to love away the hurt he had before this man called Jesus touched their lives. Go ask the one whose fears have fled, whose churning heart was quieted when someone whispered. To all her strife, go ask the man to tell you more. Whose life was just a raging war inside himself until the Savior came. I don't pretend to be so wise. I only know. Touch my eyes, and nothing else will ever be the same. I don't pretend to be so wise. I only know He touched my eyes, and nothing else will ever be the same.
aren't those words amazing? Can any of you relate to any of those? Oh, so good. Okay, I want to read quickly Luke 24, just a few verses. This is Jesus has appeared to his disciples after he's been risen from the dead. And um, some of his final words recorded in the Gospel of Luke. And I just want to read Luke 24, 46 to 48. Then he said to them, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, Thus it was written and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses. You are witnesses. Now, I need to do something here. All right. Whoops. So I'm looking for some witnesses. Trish. Sorry, the, the prosecutor has called you up to the witness stand. Uh, come up here, please. Uh, Rumour has it in town that God's not real and he doesn't exist today. So in this court, you've been called as a witness... Do you agree with this or can you testify that God is real? God is real. Now, what evidence can you give? What proof do you have? Um, that guy over there used to know me back when I was a drunk junkie and homeless and a waste of time. And I'm not anymore. Uh, so did you go to rehab or why are you different Jesus was my counsellor. Wow. Uh, so you're attributing your change of life to Jesus. Yep. Yep. So that's a pretty compelling evidence. All right. That, that's wonderful. Is there any other statements you want to make? Jesus is alive, lives in my heart, and he helps me every day. And there's nothing that I can't go to him and ask for that he won't give me. He will give it to me, but it's his timing. And I'm always amazed. And the thing is, I'm not surprised when I hear stories of what Jesus has done because he is awesome and he, he never lets us down. The, 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 the um, poor are truly blessed, the poor in spirit. They are blessed because they don't – people that aren't poor – and are self-sufficient, don't need God. But those that are sad and that, he really does run after and help. And that was me. Wow. Thank you. Can we give her a hand? <laughs> totally off the cuff. I'm looking for another witness. Who else wants to come up on my stand? Savannah. <laughs> Tell 
take the witness box, please. <laughs> Are you claiming that this Jesus is real? Yes, he is real. And I'd like some, some evidence, please. What gives you this understanding? I was on the verge of losing my right leg completely from the knee down and I had the youth group all pray for me and the next day I got the call saying my surgery's booked in and there's no way that that was a coincidence because I was supposed to get surgery in three months and it turned into a year. And I lost hope thinking there's no way I'm going to get surgery before my cartilage is all gone and then it happens and I've got my surgery and I'm walking again. Yes. How awesome is that? Wow. In fact, under here is, is some evidence. Can we bring up the evidence, please? <laughs> I asked Savannah to bring these today because she had them at home, because you've just had surgery, and you don't need them anymore, do you? <laughs> So awesome. He makes the lame to walk still. He is alive. Thank you. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Okay. Thank you very much. You may have a seat. No, we don't throw out the evidence. <laughs> I need them for later. <laughs> Who else wants to be my witness this morning? Come on. Or I'm going to come to you. <laughs> I'm looking for another witness. Merle, I'm going to call you up to the witness stand. <laughs> come on up. Now, you look like a woman of wisdom. Do you agree with these people? Do you think Jesus is real? Yes, definitely, definitely. And what leads you to that impression? The Lord is just so good. He's just been so a blessing to my life. I've been through a broken marriage in seven years ago. And in the midst of all that, I um, was sitting there one day looking at my port. This is all I've got. And while I was sitting there feeling sorry for myself, actually, um, the Lord said to me, be still and know that I am God. And he is. He is. It's just a real blessing to me. I just praise him and thank him for what he's done in my life in this time. Um, yes, it was hard. But, no, it's good. <laughs> it's really good. Praise him. You said God spoke to you. You think he speaks today? Of course, yes. <laughs> yes. So always. you're claiming to have actually heard from God, that he talks well, to you. Word, this word just came to me and it comes within your heart that you know. And th that was the word and that has stuck with me ever since, mm. that in anything that comes, no, be still and know that he is God. Amen. He's wow. always there. Yes. He's always there. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're so brave. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Thank you.
Wow. You see, this is what we're supposed to be doing. We are witnesses, people. We are witnesses that God is real. Now, at Kids Club on Friday, we had a couple of kids say, excuse me, in the middle of our message, but God's not real. Now, we explained, because you can't help it, like Peter and John, well, I can't help but tell you, I'm, he's real. I talked to him. He talks to me. He does the impossible in my life. But I just want to throw something out there. We had just Marion and I and Jeremy as witnesses last Friday. But if any of you wanted to rock up at 4 o'clock on Friday afternoon and take the witness stand at Kids Club, it would be so awesome to just say to them, God is real and here's why. Evidence, you see. I'm just building my case. So... Oh, no, I don't want to look at that. Um, I think that my, my watch is telling untruths. Okay, I will have to finish up. I've got the crutches. Can I have five more minutes? Is it all right? Okay, I've got to do this. Okay, so go with me to Luke chapter 14. And now I'm looking for some volunteers to do some acting for me in a minute. Maybe why I asked, maybe why I asked the kids to stay in too. <laughs> so Luke 14, 16 to 24. Here's another parable of Jesus. And this is the one that I believe is speaking for our church at this very moment. This is our parable, people. All right, Luke 14, and I'm going to pick up in verse 16. Then he, it's capitalized, talking about Jesus, said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. I want you to picture the setting. This is the master of the house. So there is elegant table settings. The silver is shined and polished, or maybe the cutlery is even gold. The glass is sparkling. The plates are set. There's a beautiful aroma coming from the kitchen. The feast is ready. And the master says, right, we're good to go. Go and tell all those who are invited, supper's ready. Get them to come. This is the setting. So the servants go out to those who were invited in verse 18. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, well, I have brought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I married a wife. Therefore, I cannot come. I don't even want to know what was going on there. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. 
Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. So I need four volunteers. Actually, I'm going to need more than that. Um, But I need someone who can be maimed, someone else lame, someone blind and someone poor. So who wants to be those four? Put your hand up. Savannah, you want to be the lame one? Yeah, Yeah, I figured as much. All right, what do you want to be, Taya? You want to be blind or maimed? (laughs) Uh, Not not literally, but just acting, I mean. (laughs) Or do you want to be poor? (laughs) You want me to pick for you? Okay, you're going to be poor. Tim, what do you want to be? You can be blind. I need one more. Actually, Taya, I'm going to get you to be the the maimed one. Now, I just need someone who can be poor. Yeah, thanks, James. Appreciate that. Okay. But don't think the rest of you can breathe easy because the servants had to go and bring them in. Notice the kind of people that had to be brought. Okay. I was actually going to use these, but I don't think they existed at the time of Jesus. So how do we get the lame into the, thank you for volunteering. Would you come and, I so appreciate that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Savannah, she she needs to be brought here to the feast and, uh, We've got someone maimed. Is there anyone else who could maybe help? Yeah, I, I think. Uh, oh, wow. Here we have the lame being brought in. I wish you guys could. Can we turn the camera to show them? <laughs> there it is. All right, come on. Oh, we, we better get her a seat at the table, huh? All right. Hang on. Here we go. Here we go. Have it, have it. Oh, wonderful. And the blind man has made his own way here. Now, here we go. We've got some help. Can someone bring Taya for me, please? She needs to be assisted as well. And the poor, the poor don't have any donkeys, so they can't come by themselves. They need someone to show them the way. So, come on, come on. (laughs) Come on, James. Come and have a seat up here. Thank you. All right. There's a spot right here. Well, it's starting to look pretty full up here. But there's a couple of spots I reckon we could still fill. And this is what the scripture says. And the servant said to the master, it is done as you commanded and still there's room. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges And compel them to come. This is our verse, people. God is saying, go and compel them. Use your story. Be a witness. And compel them to come. That my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of the men who were invited shall taste my supper. Let me tell you something. These people are not going to come on their own. Because they don't know. They're not normally included in the invitations to the master's house. 
They don't feel worthy. They don't feel valued. They don't think that they deserve it. You have to go and tell them. And did you notice the assistance that was required? Very useful assistance. Thank you so much, Ben. It's awesome. It may not be easy, people. You might have to walk alongside someone for a while. You might have to do the journey of life with them. Maybe don't just testify, but come alongside and compel them to come. Come. There's a beautiful banquet. Can you smell it? Even the blind person can still smell, can't you, mate? Hey? Yeah, there it is. Hey? Woo! Oh, hey, hey, he's trying to follow his nose. Maybe, maybe come back. <laughs> uh, come back, blind man. Oh, he helped himself to something over there. Well, you know what? Dinner is ready. The command has gone out by the Father. Come. To all who hear the voice of the Spirit, come. And, and uh, so we're launching... Is it all right for me to say, Jeremy? Operation Highways and Hedges, which is what this says. So next month, the month of June, we're starting with the Celebration Sunday. Invite people to hear because they're going to hear a testimony about Jesus. He's real. He lives. He's interested in you. And then we're going to launch all sorts of things that's going to be so much fun to tell you about. Watch this space, okay? We're going to help you go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Thank you to my actors. Would you give them all a hand? Look at that. They're all better. You can have a seat. Thank you. <laughs> He's having way too much fun with that. <laughs> Thank you. Why don't you stand to your feet with me this morning? <laughs> Oh, no, it's all good. <laughs> uh, now, here's the most important moment of the morning. For anyone who hasn't received Jesus, I just think about my wonderful friend Josh. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Now, I'm not saying that to make you think that You've got to come to Jesus out of fear. But I do want you to recognize you may not have tomorrow. We may not even have an hour. Only he knows how long our life is. So let's not wait another moment. Let's not wait another day to get right with God. Remember what Peter said to, to the crowd who gathered watching the miracle of the lame man? He said, repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. What is sin? It's missing the mark. It's, it's falling short of God's perfect standard. And the Bible tells us that every one of us has done that. Every single one of us has sinned, whether we recognize it or not, because we were actually born in that condition. We were born sinners. Everybody needs a saviour. And we have one. Remember what else Peter said? There's no other name given under heaven by which men must be saved, but the name of Jesus. The scripture tells us in Romans, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, 
you will be saved. What does that mean? It means that your eternity is going to be with the light of the world and not in darkness of hell. It means that your eternity is with the one who loves you, who knows you. Do you realize at that banquet that he's inviting you to, he's got your favorite food. How cool is that? He knows you. He knows I wouldn't want a pork hot dog. He knows what you would want, right? He knows you. We are invited to spend eternity with the one who created us and loves us and knows us. But it begins with surrender and giving your life, your mistakes, your brokenness, everything, your pride over to him and accepting like what Jeremy said earlier over communion, he shed his blood to wash your sins away. So why don't we bow our heads, close our eyes, and just reverence this moment. And if you're in this place today and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Saviour, I want you to raise your hand and acknowledge, that's me, I want a new life. I want a new life in Jesus today. Thank you. Those watching online, this is for you too. You can acknowledge Jesus. It's so easy. You know, it's really just a heart commitment to say, Jesus, take my life. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Change me. Wash me clean. I believe in you. I believe you are my Saviour. You are the Christ. You died and rose again. And I will follow you. That's how simple it is. Praise you, Lord. Let me just pray over you today. Daddy God, thank you for your people, each and every one of them so unique in this place. Every one of them so gifted in ways that you have anointed them. Lord, I pray that this week they would go out in the power and the boldness of the Holy Spirit and that they would be a witness that you are real and you're alive and you live and you save. Lord, lead us to the hungry, to the broken, to the lame and the maimed and the blind and the poor and the, the addict and the those in bondage and those who need deliverance. And God, I pray that you would give us your words to speak in that hour and that we could be a mighty witness for you in these last days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's thank Anita for a great word this morning. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks to all our little actors and things going on, people that shared at the witness stand. We all can do that, as Anita said. You don't want to miss next Sunday because we've got some exciting initiatives we're going to launch to help you go out into those highways, into those hedges and compel people to come. Amen? Amen. Amen. Two things before we close. The first one is this. Uh, Adelaide is moving house today. And so I know Sue has agreed to give her a hand to move some stuff. But if anyone's available, come and see Adelaide. She could use just a little extra hand just to move her things from one place to the in town here out to the Happy Apple Resort. So it's not far. Uh, so if you're available and you've got time, please see Adelaide. That'd be good. And then, uh, and then with 